Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. This is Lee Habib, and this is Our American Stories, and we tell stories about everything here on this show, from the arts to sports, and from business to history, and everything in between, including your stories. Send them to OurAmericanStories.com. They're some of our favorites. Mark Metcalf is an actor often identified as playing the role of an antagonist. He is best known for his role as the sadistic ROTC officer Douglas T. Niedermeyer in the 1978 comedy Animal House a character he later emulated in the 1984 music videos for the songs We're Not Gonna Take It and I Wanna Rock by the heavy metal hair band Twisted Sister. He is also known for playing the role of the maestro on the hit sitcom Seinfeld. Mark Metcalf sat down with Greg Hengler and shared his story. Here's Mark. I was born in Findlay, Ohio, which is uh, the home of Tasty Taters and where Ben Roethlisberger went, uh, lived, grew up and lived. 
In fact, in Hancock County, where Findlay, Ohio is, which is about 75 miles south of Toledo, I'm the second most famous person to ever come out of Findlay, Ohio, according to the Chamber of Commerce or whoever makes those things up. Uh, ben Roethlisberger is number one, and I'm number two, but that's all right. I'll, I'll take number two. Uh, so I was born there. My mom was from Ohio, and my dad was from Missouri, St. Louis, and they met during the war in 45, I guess. My mother was a wave, and she was decoding messages in an office in Washington, D.C. My dad, who had served most of the war on a carrier in the Pacific, was back doing some intelligence work, analysis, and things like that. My mother lived in a house. She used to tell this story. My mother lived in a house with five other women, all involved in the war effort. And my father used to come up to their house for dinner. And every one of the women, except my mother, thought that he was going to ask one of them to marry them. He was a good-looking guy, and he was in uniform. And he was a smart guy and a nice guy. And they all thought, except for my mother, she thought, because she was kind of tall and a little gawky, and they never thought that he would ask her, but he asked her. And my mother one time showed me the uh, house that, where I was conceived in Washington, and I was really surprised, but uh, she proudly told me, pointed out the house on a little street in Chevy Chase, you were con- said you were conceived in that house. So... It's nice to know where you started. Uh, And uh, so after I was born, and then I went back to St. Louis because my father had a job when he got out of the Navy. He had a job in in engineering. He had graduated from University of Wisconsin-Madison in engineering. He graduated early. I think he was 20 when he graduated. Went to school at 16. He was a real smart guy. He worked on the crew at Spurgeon and Parcel that designed the Chesapeake Bay Bridge Tunnel which is a 23-mile-long combination bridge and tunnel across the mouth of the Chesapeake Bay. National Geographic called it the eighth engineering wonder of the world. And he was put in charge of all the tunnel work. And he became the kind of engineer who at one point was called the, uh, the world's foremost expert on tunnels. And I hung out with him. There are two shipping channels in and out of the mouth of Chesapeake Bay. They couldn't build bridges over them because they were the Navy shipping channels. All the Norfolk warships come in and out of the mouth of Chesapeake Bay. So they had to build tunnels under these because if you build a bridge over it, the, the enemy could bomb the bridge into the, into the channel and block it. So they had to, so they had to build four islands and then they brought the tunnel tubes up from Texas on big barges, and then they filled them with water and sank them, put them into the... It was kind of an amazing engineering feat. And that inspired me in a lot of ways to uh, go to college as an engineer. I went to the University of Michigan and uh, quickly discovered that engineering was not really for me. (laughs) It was a little dry, and, uh, but I didn't know how dry it was until I got, I, my roommate, my sophomore year, said, come audition for a couple of plays. They're doing the three parts of Henry VI, and uh, 
the girls are really friendly in the theater department. That's what he told me. And he was right. The girls were a lot friendlier in the theater department. And I got cast in, I think, 15 different parts. And that kind of hooked me because it seemed like everybody in the Metcalf background was either a minister, congregationalist minister, or a uh, librarian or an engineer. So I went from that rather dry atmosphere to these theater backstage in the theater where everybody's yelling and screaming at each other one minute and making out passionately the next minute. And so it's like, oh, brave new world, what creatures are there here? As Miranda says at the end of The Tempest, it was really kind of magnificent and an eye-opener, and I got stuck in it, and I've been doing it ever since. So I just got to, and I really got into theater. I never thought I'd get a degree in it. I changed from engineering to architecture because it was a little bit more creative. You had to claim a major, so I claimed English was my major for a while, psychology was my major for a while, forestry was my major for a while, and I ended up with my degree in theater because it was the only thing I was taking classes in. I just stopped going to classes except for theater classes. In fact, they tried to flunk me out because my grades were so bad, and the theater department, all the teachers in the theater department wrote letters to the teachers in the English department, the teachers in the French department, the teachers, all the classes I was failing because I wasn't going. And they said, you can't fail him. You've got to give him, uh, get him a tutor. We'll get him a tutor. Get him a passing grade because we need him to do plays. So I became like a theater jock, the way football players got to take the easiest classes and got automatic A's because they were on the football team at University of Michigan anyway. And that's how I got my degree. And I'm ashamed of that. No, I'm not that ashamed of it, but um, I'm a little embarrassed by it. And you're listening to Mark Metcalf tell his story. We continue with his story here on Our American Stories. Folks, if you love the great American stories we tell and love America like we do, we're asking you to become a part of the Our American Stories family. If you agree that America is a good and great country, please make a donation. A monthly gift of $17.76 is fast becoming a favorite option for supporters. Go to OurAmericanStories.com now and go to the Donate button and help us keep the great American stories coming. That's OurAmericanStories.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. 
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And we're back with Our American Stories and with Mark Metcalf's story. Starting off as an engineering major, an English major, a forestry major. I didn't know there was such a thing. And ultimately, well, he becomes, as he put it, a theater jock being bailed out by all the folks in the theater department who wanted to save him from his own academic failings. And Mark Metcalf, by the way, well, you know him as Niedermeyer in Animal House, and you've seen him in Twisted Sister videos, the maestro in Seinfeld, and the master in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Let's continue with Mark Metcalf's story. When I graduated, I actually wanted to go to graduate school because I wanted to learn more about the theater, but also I didn't want to go to Vietnam. I didn't think the war was a great thing, but primarily I didn't want to go fight it because I thought I'd be really good at it. I knew enough about myself to know that that I was good at taking orders and good at giving orders. So I fit in that military hierarchy like a cog in that wheel. And I didn't want to become that guy I, so I acted him later on when I did Niedermeyer. I, I sort of acted that guy because I knew where that guy lived inside me and I thought I would be good at it, but I didn't want to become him. I wanted to become something else. I didn't know what it was, but I wanted to become something else. So when I graduated, I just took off for the West Coast. And I hitchhiked. I got one straight one ride all the way to San Francisco from Ann Arbor. Uh, guy... Guy had, I can't remember his name, but he had a 1948 pickup truck that um, you had to jump start every time you started it. So whenever we stopped for gas, we had to try to find a gas station where you could push it pretty easily to jump start it. Whenever we stopped for the night and slept in the back, which is what we did, or camped, uh, we had to park it on a hill so we'd get up in the morning and jump start it really easily. And it ran out of oil about every 120 miles. So we had to carry oil with us. We were real cowboys. We had a great time. 
But it took us two weeks or so to get across the country to San Francisco. He dropped me off in San Francisco, because that's where I thought the summer of love was 1968. It turns out the summer of love was 1967. And by 68, it had gotten pretty sour. Uh, the day before I arrived on Haight-Ashbury, uh, two kids had died because somebody had sold them acid that was Drano. It just a, a capsule, and it was Drano, and and ate through their stomach, and they died. So it was a, it was not a, it wasn't peace, love, granola. It was, uh, it was the dirty side of being a hippie. I stayed there for a while, uh, and then I hitchhiked down to L.A., and then I felt like I needed to keep keep moving because the draft board was still looking for me. I guess I didn't talk to my parents, so. I didn't want them to know where I was because my parents were the kind of people that would have told the draft board where I was so they could come and get me. And I didn't want to be gotten. So I hitchhiked up to, I mean, I drove up to Portland first and then took a right and went out to Mount Hood. But I got a job as the assistant in the rental and repair shop. So I had to learn how to repair skis. After I'd been there for a couple of months, I really, I was skiing on rental skis and I had a pair of skis back home with my par- in my parents' house in New Jersey. So I contacted my parents and I asked them if they'd send my headmasters. And they did, but they put in the box with the skis, they put the letter from the draft board saying, you have to show up at a certain time and a certain date in Newark, New Jersey for your physical. And this is kind of person that I was then and still am probably. My figuring was that if I never got the letter, it didn't matter. But once I had the letter, I had to do it. So, but I didn't, I really didn't want to do it. So I tried to get into Canada. I tried to walk into Canada. I got a ride up to, uh, the way up in the panhandle. Got a ride a little north of there. And then I got out and I just thought, I, well, I'll walk. Canada's just over there on the map, you know, like an inch away. 100 miles. I can walk 100 miles through the wilderness. I'd been living in the wilderness. But no, it's real tough country up there. So I, uh, I hitchhiked back t- closer towards Seattle. I thought, well, I'll go across on a road rather than try to cross in the middle of the wilderness. And I got to the border, and Bob Schmaltz, knowing I was trying to get out of the country, uh, had given me his driver's license and not his passport, but his driver's license. And I think I even had a birth certificate of his, but I've changed my name because I figured in my stone paranoid state that the government would be looking for me at the border. That's why I had to sneak across. So I tried to go across as Bob Schmaltz, but I got turned away at the border because they found my two different sets of ID as Bob Schmaltz and as Mark Metcalf, and they didn't want me in Canada because I looked bad, and I was, you know, I was, I had long hair down the middle of my back, dirty uh, on the road. I wore high fringed moccasins. I was, you know, I was a hippie. So I hitchhiked back to uh, New Jersey. I didn't have a, a lot of guys from my high school uh, were there at the same time, and they all had briefcases filled with letters from doctors about their bone spurs and or whatever else they might have had that uh, kept them from going to Vietnam. And I didn't have any of that stuff, but I was just really crazy. And uh, 
they, uh, they saw that right away and they gave me a 4F so I didn't have to worry about it anymore. So I, they had these auditions in Chicago for regional theaters all over the country. And I did that and they got offered a job at uh, Milwaukee Rep. So I went to Milwaukee and did a season up there. And when that season was over, they didn't hire anybody back. And so I didn't know where to go or what to do. And a bunch of the people that had been working there had were from New York and were heading to New York to try to work in the theater in New York. And I just went to New York. And so for the next 25 years, I lived on St. Mark's Place between 1st and A from 1970 until 1993. So I guess 20, uh, 23 years. The first five years I was in New York, I didn't do, I didn't want to do movies or TV. I just said no to all that because it was beneath me. I was a stage actor. I wanted to do Shakespeare and Chekhov and Ibsen and people like that. But eh, they pay you nice money. And the first movie I ever did, I was doing a play on Broadway called Streamers. And somebody saw it and they had me come in and audition for, uh, I didn't even have to audition. I just had to meet with, uh, the producer and the director. Fred Zinnemann directed it. It was a movie called Julia. They were going to shoot it in England. Uh, I only had three days. It was a one-scene part with Jane Fonda. And uh, I quit the play I was doing to play streamers in New York for Joe Papp. And uh, went to. I, I lived in England for six weeks. I worked for three days. They paid me for six weeks. I thought this is what the movies were always like. You got to go to fancy places. They paid you way too much money, and you got to do work that was just plain fun. And and so I thought the movies were like that, so I started saying yes to movies. It turns out they're not all like that, but they're, uh, they're mostly fun for the most part. The next one I did was Animal House. A friend of mine named John Hurd, he and I lived across the street from each other. I was living with a woman named Pamela Reed, an actress, was engaged to marry her. And he was living with a wonderful woman named Patrizia Triani. And we went to see a play in Central Park, but we took a picnic. And Pamela and Patrizia made potato salad and fried chicken. And it, real, it was a real American feast. And while we're sitting there outside the theater, this big, heavy guy with long hair, big face, comes walking towards us. And John heard who had lived in Chicago and worked in Chicago for a while, he had met John there because John had been working at Second City there. So he said, hey, John, come on over here. Nobody knew who John Belushi was, but we invited him to sit down, have some chicken if you want. What are you doing? And you've been listening to the story of Mark Metcalf. And what a story indeed. From hippie trying to escape the draft to actually going to Newark for all the right reasons and somehow avoiding becoming that person, that guy he didn't want to be. When we come back, more of the life story of Mark Metcalf here on Our American Stories. (laughs) 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we're back with our American stories and the story of Mark Metcalf. Let's pick up where we left off with Mark telling the story of a bumping into then unknown John Belushi while enjoying a picnic with his friend John Hurd, who, by the way, is the father in the movie Home Alone, and their girlfriends in New York City. Here again is Mark Metcalf. And uh, he starts to tell us this story about how they wanted him to do this live sketch comedy show on television, late night, 11.30 on Saturday night, Saturday nights, and Lorne Michaels, this crazy guy, wanted to do it, and Belushi said, I don't want to do it. I went in there to see him, and I told him, I don't want to work in the system. I want to work outside the system. I want to tear the system down because the system is, is evil and bad. And uh, Lorne Michaels said very calmly, while Belushi is ranting and raving, said, well, the best way to tear the system down is to work inside the system, so why don't you do this? Because this is not a system kind of thing. So he was, he was trying to make up his mind whether to do this thing or not. And we, he must have talked for 45 minutes. We'd sat there for an hour listening to him. We'd say, 
John, it's TV. It's money. How can you turn it down? It's live TV, and you do sketch comedy. It's just like doing theater. What a great thing. He'd say, yeah, I know, but I'm working for NBC, and I want to work for those guys. And uh, we noticed he, he finally got up and just kept going. He hadn't made up his mind about anything. We hadn't changed his mind. We were just listening and talking and having a conversation about this kind of what this theater would be like, this thing would be like. And uh, But we noticed after he walked away that the fried chicken was all gone and the potato salad was all gone. He'd talked all this time and eaten everything that we had. That was the first time I ever met John Belushi. And then I, when I did Animal House, I was sent into audition for the Matheson part, for Otter, the guy who got all the girls. I thought that would be great. That's who I really wanted to be. But as soon as I walked through the door, Landis... The director looked at me and said, do you know how to ride? And I said, without missing a beat, I said, yeah, I was practically born on a horse. My mother's water broke when she was out on a trail ride in our ranch in Montana, and she slid off the horse. My father helped her off. He delivered the baby right there in the shade of the horse, and and then we got back on the horse, and I was in my mom's arms, and we rode back in. And Landis looked at me and said, yeah, sure. He knew I was lying. I'd made the whole thing up. So I told him five more lies about how I uh, had been, knew how to ride. And uh, the next day he called me and said, I want you to do this part. He must have liked the way I lied or something. But uh, I said, oh, great. Okay, good. Uh, do you think you can get Universal to give me some money so I can learn how to ride? <laughs> so Landis cast me without me actually having to audition. I didn't have to read lines. But he, I did have to prove that I would be all right to the executives at Universal. So he said, it's, it's just a formal thing. You just got to come in and do the audition. And I read with Michael Chinich, who was the casting director, who was a great guy. It was his casting that put all these people together, him and Landis, uh, that put this group of people together. The chemistry was so good. So I got, he played Flounder, and I got to, and I had the script in my hand, even though I didn't need it, because I knew the lines, but I got to beat him with the script and the, and he had fun too, because I'll always remember him uh, trying not to crack up as I was beating him and yelling at him and spitting on him. Because um, we did that scene, uh, uh, tuck up those pajamas. Is that a pledge pin on your uniform? Yeah, so we did all those. So that that was the process. And then, and they told me I had it. Fat, disgusting slob. Redo those buttons. Dress that belt buckle, straighten that cap, and tuck up those pajamas. What's that on your chest, mister? It's a pledge pin, sir. A pledge pin on your uniform. So, uh, you cat, go away. John Landis had all the Delta House guys, Belushi... Jamie Widows, uh, Bruce McGill as D-Day, Matheson, Otter, Boone, Riegert, uh, had them all come out five days early before they started shooting. And then had the Omegas, myself and Jimmy Doughton, come out later. And Kevin Bacon, I think, came out just for a couple of days near the end. But uh, I was there for the full 32 days. Uh, I didn't shoot every day. I had a lot of free time. But when you get to a movie set, the first thing you do is go to the production manager's office and get your per diem so you've got some money to get out of town if they change their mind. 
So I went in there, and Peter McGregor Scott, who was the production manager, gave me my per diem, and then he said, John Landis is over in the uh, coffee shop in the Roadway Inn across the parking lot from where we were staying. He wants to see you right away. So leave your stuff here and go on over there and see John. You'll recognize him because you saw him when he auditioned, right? And I said, yeah, sure. So I went across the parking lot, went into this crowded coffee shop, and uh, I see John in the corner at a table at a booth, and I start walking towards him and wave to John, and John waves and waves me, come on over. I get about 10 or 15 feet away from the table, and Landis says, that's him, that's Niedermeyer, get him. And they start throwing food at me, real food at me, and yelling at me, calling me names. In the middle of this crowded, that was my introduction to Animal House. So I went, I, knowing it was all a gag, um, and understanding immediately what Landis was doing, that he was separating the two houses and creating this uh, tension between them right away. I sat down and, you know, said hello to my friends and, and, but, you know, I knew I wasn't wanted and I didn't want to be wanted by these guys anyway. So I left early. And then uh, later on, a couple of days later, a day later, McGill stole a piano out of the lobby of the roadway Inn and wheeled it across the parking lot to his room. And his room became party central. So I had the hotel move my room so it was right above his room. So I, because I wasn't going to go to Party Central because Niedermeyer would never do that. But Niedermeyer would want to be close and take notes on who was there. So I had to move my room to right above his room. So the noise kept me up and it would make me, I'd sit up all night long while as long as they went on spit polishing my boots and studying my script and just getting madder and madder and taking names and writing notes down to myself and developing my characterization. That was, uh, yeah, that was a great shoot because it was, we were all the same. The genius of that movie is the script is really smart, really good. But also Landis and Ivan Reitman, they didn't cast any stars. Belushi wasn't really a star yet. He was doing, I think it was, we shot in 77. I think 76 was the first season of Saturday Night Live. So he was in the second season. People knew who he was. But he wasn't a big star yet. They everybody wanted us to put all wanted them to put all Saturday Night Live people. They wanted Chevy to do the Tim Matheson part, uh, Danny to do D Day. They wanted to stack it that way. That was they didn't like it at Universal, so they the only way to make get get this thing to make money was to stack it with uh, with a lot of stars, a lot of movie stars. But Landis didn't want to do that. He held to his, he stuck to it. And he, but he cast it all with actors, with real people who had craft and people who knew what they were doing. When it hit, it was, you know, there was a lot of, Universal hated it and really thought they were going to just going to dump it and it wasn't going to last at all. Universal hated it and wanted to dump it. They didn't think it would last at all. And so often you'll hear about these artistic instincts of not stacking a movie with stars. And think about a lot of your favorites, whether it's Breaking Bad or it's The Sopranos. No stars. They were stars after, but they weren't stars in the beginning. And that's The Office and that's Seinfeld and on and on. When we come back, more of this remarkable storytelling and a fascinating life. Mark Metcalf's life is life story here on Our American Stories.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant. Just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. And we continue with our American stories. Let's pick up where we left off with Mark Metcalf telling the story of how Universal Pictures hated Animal House and were ready to dump it before its release in theaters. Here's Mark. They did a screening in Denver, a test screening in Denver, and it happened to be on the same weekend that there was a, a big conference with the, the Greek the fraternity organization conference. And they invite a lot of these guys, these Greeks, these fraternity people, got invitations to come to the uh, screening. And they laughed so loud you couldn't hear the jokes because it was all about them. And uh, Landis ran to the phone and called the people at Universal and held the phone up to the where the audience was and said, listen to this. And they're laughing their heads off and Universal suddenly changed their mind and decided they had a hit, so... 
As I said, I lived in the Lower East Side of Manhattan, and I would walk across St. Mark's to get on the subway. But every time I'd pass the corner right by the Gem Spa there, a panhandler would say, you know, he'd reach for money, and I wouldn't give him money, and he'd say, you're worthless in a week. And I was really hurt by this. I mean, I'd already done a couple other plays and was producing this movie and doing a lot of different things. So it never occurred to me that he was quoting this movie. And I just thought, he, this is, he's mad because I don't give money. And I had made a decision because so many people have their hands out in New York and you can't give money to all of them. So I had made a decision to not give money to any of them unless they were playing a violin or really told me a good story. Every day he was there, I'd say, no, sorry. And I'd look right at him and say, no. I didn't ignore him. I'd say, sorry, I haven't got, can't, sorry. And he'd say, you're worthless in a week. And uh, weeks later, I was sitting in a bar drinking a Rolling Rock in the West Bank Cafe with a friend of mine. And I tell, tell him this story about this guy who keeps telling me I'm worthless in a week. We we're talking about the homeless problem in New York. And the guy said, you idiot. He's quoting the movie. And I said, Oh, yeah, I had that line, didn't I? Oh, yeah. You're all worthless and weak. Drop and give me 20. So I didn't realize how big it was. Probably, really, see, we made it, came out in 78, so six years later, 84, is when uh, D. Snyder called me and asked me to do the Twisted Sister video. And I didn't, I didn't have a TV even. I didn't have, I didn't know what, MTV was. I didn't certainly didn't listen to that kind of music. As I always say, after Beethoven died, I stopped listening listening to popular music, which isn't true. I listened to a lot of blues, but I didn't know what that uh, heavy metal rock and roll was, or hair bands, or any of that stuff. And when he called me and said, "Would you do this thing? Uh, the, we've been doing your lines in our ba- in our act all up and down the Hudson River and all over Long Island." For years, we love this movie and we love this character. We want you to be in our video. And uh, that's when I, I guess, think I realized then that it was a big thing. And then a friend of mine, the son of a friend of mine, had gone to Annapolis and I visited. And he came over and he was saying, yeah, when in Annapolis, we used to call our drill instructors Toll, but now we call them Niedermeyer. <laughs> I, I figured I'd, I'd done something good then. Yeah, so first of all, Dee asked me to do it. I said, yeah. So they flew me out uh, Sunday after I did the matinee, and then we I flew out on the red eye. And uh, Dee picked me up at the airport. But there's, so there's this big guy, six foot two, six three, really kind of, I call him the ugliest man in the world, which is not true, but he's, he's pretty ugly. And long blonde hair with, you know, I found out later is a lot of it is extensions. And he's a big, muscular guy. And he met me, but he's like this big puppy dog. He's so excited to meet Niedermeyer. And he drives me back to where I'm going to stay, which I didn't know where I was going to stay. I thought I'd stay in a hotel, but they didn't, couldn't afford a hotel. So I slept on Marty Colner's couch. Marty Colner was the director of it. And they picked me up, not in a limo or anything like that, but in a little Datsun or some kind of car. And as we're driving back to, to Colner's house so I could... Uh, D is telling me what this thing is that we're going to do because I had no idea. It's like a Roadrunner cartoon. You're Wiley Coyote and we're the Roadrunner and you just all kinds of bad things happen to you. But we want you to open it up 
by doing it like a, you know, one, two-minute monologue yelling at your son. I know what that is. That's music. And the only, and you've got to write this, tonight you've got to write this because we're going to film it tomorrow. Uh, the only thing you have to do is you have to finish with the line, what do you want to do with your life? That's the, and, that, and then we answer, I want to rock. And that's then the music starts. All right, mister, what do you think you're doing? You call this a room? This is a pigsty. I want you to straighten up this area now. You are a disgusting slob. Stand up straight. Tuck in that shirt. Adjust that belt buckle. Tie those shoes. What kind of a man are you? You're worthless and weak. You do nothing. You are nothing. You sit in here all day and play that sick, repulsive, electric twanger. I carried an M16 and you, you carry that, that, that guitar. Who are you? Where do you come from? Are you listening to me? What do you want to do with your life? So I went and got from a friend of mine, Rex Weiner, and we drank beer and talked about this thing all night. And he's a writer. He uh, created a character named, called Ford Fairlane that Andrew Dice Clay played. So he and I wrote this, shaped this sort of little monologue yelling at my son. My favorite line of his was, I carried an M16 in the war and you carry that, that electric twanger. But after I did it, and it played every five minutes on MTV, I guess. But people started recognizing me then, not from Animal House, but from that. Stuff started happening, and then I get a letter from Universal that basically says, you can't do that character. We own that character. So they said, if you do it again, we'll sue you. I also get a letter from Screen Actors Guild, because it was not a union gig. They, that, I got those two letters threatening me, and then, like, the next day or something like that, uh, D calls and said, We're gonna, they really like this video, obviously. We're going to do it again. I said, all right, let's go. Twisted sister. What kind of a man desecrates a defenseless textbook? I've got a good mind to slap your fat face. You are destroying your life with that, that, that garbage. All right, Mr. Sister, I want you to tell me. No, better yet, stand up and tell the class. What do you want to do with your life? I want to rock. So I didn't care. I didn't care what they said. And they never came after me. They never sued me. They never threw me out of the union. I'm really proud of the work. I really like the work. The problem that I had with it is that I, I let myself be typecast. I let myself just do that part. And an actor has a bigger range than what people tend to know him as. And uh, so it's nice to have one, two, three parts, really, because there's a whole generation of young women, mostly, who grew up loving Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And I play a character called the Master in the first season of that, the, you know, the oldest, meanest vampire around. 
Seinfeld, great bunch of people to work with, really good writers, some of the best writing on TV. Well, hey, Maestro! Ah, hey, Kramer. I'm in here, how's it going? Fine. Yeah. Hi, Bob. <coughs> oh, I'm sorry, Maestro. Well, this is a surprise, huh? Look at I you. I just wanted to drop off this Chinese bomb for your burns. It's supposed to be great stuff. It's all herbal. Oh, maestro. What are you doing? You don't have to do this. Do you believe this, maestro? It's nothing. Oh. Hello. Well, hello. And who might you be? I might be Elaine. <laughs> this is uh, Bob Cobb. Maestro. Oh, maestro. It is my very great pleasure. Oh, enchanté. <laughs> So I've been really lucky getting good writers and getting those three parts, but there's three parts that are all different parts of me, but they also, also they do reflect this sort of authoritarian notion, which is a, a, a thing that I've fought against all my life and really don't like authoritarians. So I guess there's a little self-loathing in my work or something like that. I don't know. And thanks, as always, to Greg Hengler for getting us this great story. Mark Metcalf's story, here on Our American Stories. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.